It's been a whirlwind of MMA activity, but most of which is happening right around my co-host's head, Rafa's Barza, which means it's time for Verbal Tap. I am your host, Kevin. With me, the man that can't get in to a normal-sized headgear. That's how much cranium he's got packed into that dome. Rafa's Barza. Rafa, how are you doing this evening? I'm fine. How's your ear? How's it going, buddy? A little, little cauliflower ear. So yes. for those that know, obviously we train jiu-jitsu. Pretty traumatic on the ears from time to time. Yes. And what happened? I don't know. For whatever reason, a whole bunch of people have been really mean to me in side control. And mm-hmm. it's more than shoulder pressure. It's like geese rubbing up against the ear. Oh, they catch, and, too. They catch everything. Yeah. And you know what? Now that I think about it, I think a lot of people have been trying to do – uh, like bow and arrows, Ooh. and the hard part is, I guess I foolishly am just not letting them finish it, and as a result, for my efforts of trying to escape or get out of them, I'm losing part of my ear to the cauliflower. Ooh, so a little bubble, a little bubble yeah. at the top at that ridge. That's nah, not great. And here's the thing: like I'm not. You know, I'm not George Clooney looking, but I need to keep these looks as good as I can for the rest of my life. So, Preserve it. Yeah, you know, I don't really need the ears not just sticking out, but like with the bumps because like yeah. eh, anyway. So long story short, uh, Zach sees me. He walks over to me and he just goes, hey, buddy. I'm like, what? And he grabs the side of my ear and he just goes, look at that. That's so nice. I want some of that. And I go, no, you don't. You don't want any cauliflower. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and I, I realized I was like, yeah, I'm starting to get it, and I really don't want it. And like, uh, and then you know, John Evans, our friend. Yeah. Not yet. I'm I'm deathly afraid of needles, and oh. I'm at that place where I go, I don't know if I'm supposed to drain it yet, or if I'm supposed to let it get a little bit bigger. But <laughs> uh, you know what a good remedy to slowly building cauliflower is? What a grapple thawed for three hours. I was just going to say, I was like, so you did, and this is a great time to transition, nice nice transitional alert. You did a grapple-thon, which is interesting to me. For those that don't know, people grapple for charity. Sort of like a, the marathons or the people that do like the yes. walking circles or whatever, you know. Um, yep. Similar in ideal ideology. Not yes. what you would prescribe to someone that's trying to give their ear trauma a little break, but fuck Probably it. Probably not. No. How was the grapple thought? I love these. You know, I, I think these yes. are great. It was awesome. Um, I'll start up top by giving a, a really good acknowledgement. He would never ask for this, but I think that's probably all the more reason to acknowledge him. Uh, Monte uh, Wiley is the guy who spearheaded this one, and it was for uh, Team uh, God, Team William, and it, it was such a great story. Uh, I would highly encourage you guys – to look up this event. It's uh, Team Williams fight. And uh, it, it's this guy, a little kid. He, uh, they wanted to raise some funds for a surgery that he was going through. So they've done a couple of these and they, they picked this really good case uh, to go ahead and, and help out. And so what they do is they have everybody show up from all around the community and you donate some money. And then there's also a thing where they want to try and reach 300 rolls. Now, the way this works is everybody commits and they sign up and they go, hey, I'll do 15 rolls. And so the collective group, if they hit 300, they have somebody who will match roll for roll how many they end up doing. And uh, there is a whole bunch of money yesterday. It was really, really cool. And uh, I got to be there and, and, and train with a lot of new people who were awesome and who had no idea that my ear hurt the entire time. <laughs> Now, rolling for three hours is a lot. Do you – what's your strategy? I'm looking for some advice here. Oh, OK. Do you go uh, in and you're just like, that? screw it. I live my life a quarter mile at a time and just <laughs> shift it into 10th gear? Or are you like, I better rock a solid 15 to 20% of my threshold so I can do this for a while? I'm the wrong person to talk about strategy with because all you did was go 150%. Yes. If you've ever rolled with me, you know, I'm always 150%. So, uh, no, I think, uh, you know, the fun part for me is, and this is why this is such a great event is 
I get to roll with people who are way better at me than uh, like every aspect of jujitsu. So, so leaders, elderly, passers-by that have never heard of it. Just, uh, yeah, people who've never done the sport. Um, people who just are like, what's jujitsu? Oh, I can. Internet engineers. Do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so when I walk in there, you know, my, my main goal is just to learn and try and absorb what everybody else knows. And there are a lot of like, there's a couple black belts, some brown belts, a whole bunch of purple belts who are, are really good and, and vicious and really good at what they do. So within the first row, I'm like, ha ha, yeah, this is great. I could do this for hours. By about the hour 30 mark, something happens where you're instinctively just doing things, but the sweeps that normally come naturally to you are out the window. You're like, yeah. go, go, gadget. Fuck. Wait or sweep. No? <laughs> oh, fuck. All right. I'm just going to lie here. <laughs> the Charlie Brown music starts playing for no reason <laughs> at all. I, yeah, I can imagine at an hour and a half, it'd be like, could someone get an IV and just put it in my throat? Is that an option? Where do you put them in? Your arm? Yeah, let's do two then. Let's do two. I will say the only thing that is really, I guess, it's not bad. It's just the thing that I always try and do when I'm rolling with somebody new is I'm always trying to learn what it is they do well. So I'm like, oh, they do this. That's great. I can absorb that. I can figure it out. And you kind of mentally catalog it. But here you're rolling with so many different people that, like, you can't remember what happened five minutes ago. You're like, man, that guy got me with a great sweep. What was it? Are, they're not also serving drinks, right? No. no sure. it's, it's not everybody's, like, juiced up and drinking. No. <laughs> no. So, I mean, like, it's it's so much fun. I, I, I cannot describe to you how great of an experience it is. And... Uh, you know, it, it is a true testament to jujitsu that it strips you of all your strength and that you're really depending on the technique and everybody there is just so encouraging and, and happy to be there and supporting a good cause. So it, it's really cool, man. So like I said, if you guys get the chance, please look up. His name is uh, William Stark. You can find out more information if you guys want to go ahead and give a little bit of money to it. He's got a great story. I would highly, highly recommend that you read the article because I could never do it justice. But uh, it's a good family and a good people who deserve uh, your attention and at the very least, uh, if not – some donations their way. Absolutely. Grapplethon. Cool stuff. Um, Jiu-Jitsu community is good at that stuff too. The the whole MMA world, very interested in the person next to them, which is the, the spirit we're looking for. Speaking of, Raf, you <laughs> found an article. You didn't find, I guess. you. We frequent the Reddit BJJ community, you and I, and the MMA. That's right. You did. We're so both. We hear what you say about us. <laughs> We've seen it, and frankly, <laughs> it could be nicer. Well, we're just most of it's true. That. That's the best part about it, really. Yeah, yeah, no you discrepancies with the fact, but. That's fair. Yeah, you got us. <laughs> All right, whatever. Uh, no, no, no. We're, we, are, we are good with the Reddit community. Uh, and the, one of the things I really like about it is when they really get behind something, they they pour all of their heart into it. And yeah. I just found this article, and I, I kind of wanted to get your your thoughts and notes on it. But uh, there's a guy on here who said that he ends up skipping training because he gets really anxious an hour before training. Uh, they get really excited to go train the whole day, and then maybe like right before they start coming up with excuses and end up not going. So I guess my question to you, Kevin, is have you ever experienced anything like that? Without question. The hardest class to get to is the first class, then the second class. And it happens when you experience – if you've ever experienced an injury or had to take a a month off training or more than two weeks really, it seems like of course you've had this anxiety because jiu-jitsu, it's an intimidating sport. Like this isn't taekwondo. I mean, not <laughs> please send all taekwondo <laughs> comments via Phillips Kevin one. This you isn't a sport. It to yourself now. That's good. Yeah. Well, I thought I'd preempt you because it didn't seem right to insult them and then make you give out the information. It's a real sport where people do real stuff and it takes courage. And that's also why it's so rewarding. It's like anything in life. It's always easier not to do it. Um, but I've absolutely experienced that in so I will say I don't experience it all at my home gym. I don't have any anxiety to go in um, normally. Like so, if that's that's helpful, though I certainly understood it in the beginning. Is this something 
Now, you train at a ton of gyms. Yes. And I think it's difficult to go to other gyms. I just trained at a different gym in Austin, and sometimes I, st- I absolutely felt nervous. Mm-hmm. How do you manage the stress with a lot of different gyms? I just remember how much I suck and that if I walk in, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? So it is very, very refreshing to go into a gym and I think the the hardest thing that most people think is when they go to a new place, they think they have to be great at jiu-jitsu and that's the the biggest misconception you have is everybody's there to go train and I think that anxiety comes in different forms for different people. But uh, I remember when I first signed up for jiu-jitsu, I just – I had to throw myself in there because I knew I would get too much anxiety if I just waited outside and went to the gym. And then there, there were a couple times where I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go because uh, I got this thing. Yeah. Laundry? I should do that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that instead. And I had this long break, I guess, uh, in between when I was really first starting – and it was weird. You you get really anxious to get back to classes. But I think the things that really, really helped me at the very beginning were I'm a, a stand-up or a comic by nature. So I would go crack jokes with people and get to learn people and, and ask them questions on how they could help me. And everybody was super helpful. And I think the thing that really pushed me to get over any kind of anxiety was the moment when I realized how much I loved the sport and I would just remember that Every time I'd go to a class, I was like, man, I really like this sport. And it would carry over into uh, conquering any kind of anxiety. But that would just work for me. I don't know that it works for everybody. Um, what was something that you did to kind of get over? Like when you're training at different gyms, what is something that you're thinking about when you go in? I just remind myself I know how to tap. And okay. <laughs> it's like, hey, I know how to tap. Fuck it. What's the worst that could happen? And for example, like just my most recent experience, and this is where I say – Going to other gyms makes you better. Mm. And for the simple science of experiencing other jiu-jitsu makes you better. Um, it doesn't even have to necessarily be a foreign gym to you. I mean, when Andrew, my instructor, went back to Brazil for two weeks and came back a monster. And it's just because he was rolling with all those black belts mm-hmm. and getting to experience different people. I feel like that happens at tournaments. It happens at the things like grapple-thons. It happens when you go and you roll at gyms that you're not familiar with. It makes the back step even easier. Lex Friedman just posted a uh, really cool article about this, about mm-hmm. breaking your comfort zone curve. He always posts really cool stuff. So just a shout out to the Take It Uneasy podcast, <laughs> Lex Friedman over there. Um, but I, I found it only gets easier with time. And I will say this. So me and um, uh, Chris, one of the purple belts I was rolling, I wasn't going to brandish that I was a purple belt because it was no gi and it just didn't, I don't know. If somebody asked, I wasn't going to hide it, but I wasn't going to walk in like, I'm purple, let's fight. <laughs> I walked in when she was like, how long have you been doing this? I was like, oh, about uh, three years is coming on this. She's like, what? I'm sorry, what belt are you? And she asked me and I said purple. She was like, oh, cool. And then she introduces Chris and she goes, he's also a uh, purple belt. There, You guys are both purple belts. And I was like, oh, you weren't supposed to tell everyone. I was going to keep that <laughs> hidden. And he said to me, he goes, I actually wasn't going to say it either. I just got mine and I do not need that kind of pressure. <laughs> so it's just like the even the more experience, it, it just like uh, it gets you immediately. It's like, oh, just a simple blue belt over here. Um, it's, hanging out yeah and I mean obviously there are so many things that people think about uh, beforehand and, and the thing that you're illustrating so nicely is a lot of the times people have those same anxieties that you do uh, you know nobody likes to quote unquote lose or to to look bad and uh, I don't know I've had this really cool breakthrough I guess in my own jiu-jitsu game where if I'm drilling something and I just don't get it. Like, I'm a visual learner. Um, I just came up with this mantra that's kind of like, don't be afraid to look stupid. So, you know, if I can't do the movements because it just looks unnatural to me, I'll just be on the side practicing the movement like an idiot. And I've just come to this point where I'm like, I don't really care what people say. I'm going to look stupid. And that's that's fine by me. But the more repetitions I put into it, the better. I end up getting at it, the better I feel, the less anxiety I have. So that's that's one way of combating it as well. But somebody put this up on the Reddit forum, and I think this is absolutely 100% true. And they said something my instructor said to me recently that kind of stuck. The academy needs you to be there at least as bad as you need to be there. So what it's saying is it needs you to grow 
as a gym and your training partners really do need you to improve. And it sounds ridiculous, but everybody offers something at the gym. So everybody who I roll and train with, I feel like I'm learning something from them. Or at the very least, I have maybe a little something, an insight that I can kind of give them. I was just telling Kevin today, I totally gave away to somebody who's really good at our gym how to finish a darse on me. Like, just gave it to him. Like, present, here Idiot. you go. Not only told him all about how to giving, but clinch it better, but how I end up escaping it. And I like right afterwards, I go, oh, my God, I just totally gave him my blueprint. All right, cool. There you go. Have it. <laughs> because so, I don't know. It's just what you think about. So whatever. That's just I, us. I like that mantra. And it sounds like the very least everyone has it. So, you know. Yeah. Nut up, I guess, is the other part. It's like, get in the car. That's usually my other. Just get in the car. I'm going. I'm glad that, walk, like, whatever you do. Your, <laughs> your, like, last mantra for this segment is, nut up. <laughs> don't be a, don't be <laughs> weak. <laughs> Tough review. Yes. One week from today, Rasmus Marza. <laughs> I'm, I'm not as good at the transitions as no, Rap might be. Not. Don't don't hit the breaking news plug. Um, <laughs> I just scream. What's next? Tough review. It's coming up. I could have tried something clever. Like yeah. what? Not one minute. No, I'm just saying it again. I was Raph- really excited to see where that was going to go, but I'm going to stop you because I'm going to make the transition for you. Kevin, are you excited about the new Ultimate Fighter? So excited, I can't even form preview sentences, <laughs> Rap. The Ultimate Fighter is back. It looks like they have figured some things out. It's full of feisty 115-pound women, probably one of the angriest weight classes of women in a collective house. Uh, please send your fan mail care of at one for all comments mm-hmm. made on the podcast. Maybe you should tell them to nut up, Kevin. Hey, ladies. I mean, they did. They're there. They got in the car. They're they're in the house. Like they've it's they've all officially nut up, nutted up. I guess physically you can't, but like you get metaphorically it's like a testosterone you can't. thing. Yeah, raise that blood pressure. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mess with any of these one hundred fifteen pounders. <laughs> Talk about even <laughs> though you weigh the weight of two of them. Uh, Absolutely. Even though one of my thighs is equal to the. <laughs> Uh, we want to say that we're excited about the show. Uh, I think as fans of our podcast, if you exist, you know. <laughs> Both coming. of you pay attention. That's right. This is for you. Uh, I think you guys know what's coming next week, right? One minute review. Raph, how do you get in shape for this season? Have you been – have you been <laughs> – Watching what you eat? Have you been sticking to a fighter's diet three a days at least? What do you do? What's your process? I like to review things around me that are happening. Like if I were to give a one-minute review of the show, there'd be a lot of jokes about how Kevin is an awful human being. Uh, There'd be a lot of impression of like Kevin saying things like, yeah – um, I don't know how to make transitions, but whatever. My voice is loud, and I still do whatever I want. My name's Kevin. <laughs> That's fantastic. Maybe a one-minute review of Randy Couture's dance moves would be I'm really ready. helpful. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I I might watch. Oh fuck. Yeah. Dan, are, are we're still calling it Dancing with the Stars? Right? It's, <laughs> it's never. They haven't changed the, the names. It's never been, but it's dancing with the whoever's closest around us. And they are bringing Randy Couture onto the show. It looks like a disaster ready to happen. But the best part about this little one minute preview that they put up is that Randy's dancing with this girl and she goes, okay, now dip me down. And he does like a wrestler's about to throw her down. She goes, okay, uh, try that again, but softer, not throwing like an MMA. Okay. What if, hold on, I just think, what if she still surprises him accidentally on the dance floor, instinct kicks in, and he just cross-checks her with an elbow on national television? Now you understand like, what if that's how watch, right? She, like, goes to bring in this weird swinging motion, she's like, we'll add a fight element, and he just can't help it. You can see it on his face, and he immediately starts crying, like, that would be crazy television. I feel... 
100% agree with you. I think that's part of the appeal of the show. And I think she the other aspect pops up. may look at her and go like, oh, my God, it's Gabriel Gonzaga. Left jab. <laughs> left jab. Go. She pops up, kicks him in the balls as hard as anyone's ever done it, and just proceeds to beat the shit out of Randy Couture for six minutes. God, no. this <laughs> – this is perfect. When dancing with the stars goes horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. What you gonna do? That was I was going for a cops theme at the end, but I couldn't remember anymore. What's the next topic? Oh, bad boys. Bad, that's the song I was looking for. Hey, UFC fight night happened last night, and Bigfoot no longer exists. No, that's not like... God damn it. I gotta... <laughs> Maybe I should, like, next time I'll write down some transition sentences. I don't know that that's gonna help. Okay. Andre Arlovsky TKO's Bigfoot Silva in round one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I do appreciate how much slower you are going to try and get the transition language to go. Yeah. Uh, can we admit something to you guys? I think it's fair to be forthcoming about this, Kev. I think the best remedy really? for this I was is going to say shut the fuck up and just pretend like we saw it because no one else. We didn't see just, it. Uh, we we didn't. There's too much shit. You're there's, I, I mean, look, here's what. Yeah, I've got a lot of integrity. Uh, no, I I would love to say I saw this fight. I saw a vine of the fight, which is almost <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> we saw the moment that mattered. but like don't you feel that some of this i guess i don't know i don't know where to take this because i feel like we're those mma fans who are gonna bitch no matter what but it does feel like there is a saturation point and just from the the perspective of trying to have a life i can't go to the grapplethon and watch this and that's still doing MMA and jiu-jitsu stuff. Like, that's even remotely considering that every once in a while I got to see my family and friends, so they tell me. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't know. We just didn't get the chance to see this one. I'd so, imagine it would be a surprise to a lot of people. There were fights last night. Yeah, I know. And the hard part is between that and Bellator, obviously we did. Yeah, I was going to say I did watch Bellator on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> so... So th- you know. there is a lot of MMA coming, and guess what? It's not going to stop. We've got the 20th, Hunt versus Nelson. The 27th, we've got a UFC 178 card. Then the following week, October 4th, there's two cards. And then we get a three-week reprieve. So it's it's a lot to do. And we love the fact that this is giving the fighters more opportunities. But for right now... We just had to stick with the vines. Also, it was on Fight Pass, and Kevin does not own Fight Pass, so that's another story. I think it's pretty much the same story. Me and most of everyone else in the world doesn't own Fight Pass. <laughs> um, but speaking of Bellator, we are about to talk to our man L.C. Davis, coming off a big knockout rap. You ready to jump on over, chat with him? Yes. I don't, I don't know where we'd be jumping on over to. I don't know where is it like a Super Mario Brothers jump? I've been playing a lot of Mario Kart. Oh, that's, okay. that's the answer. We'll go ahead and intro one of Kansas's favorite fighters right now. Coming up, big win on Friday, Bellator's 124. We have on the line Elsie Davis after a unanimous decision victory. Elsie, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Are you getting to eat the foods you don't get to eat your last few weeks of fight, or are you always on the good diet kick, or is it like birthday cake today? What What are you eating? Man, I I, I believe in uh, eating what I like. I work hard, so I eat what I want. But yeah, I'm uh, enjoying a little more of the junk food right now, so definitely good to get a little break. <laughs> That's excellent. What's your junk food of choice, just out of curiosity? Uh, today, it's, I'm at a barbecue at a friend's barbecue with uh, Jason High and his family. And I've got to watch the Chiefs game. I've been tearing down some sugar cookies over here and had a little cake as well. So. 
<laughs> some sugar cookies is my favorite. <laughs> it's just it's barbecue, it's sugar cookies, it's watching the Chiefs lose in devastating fashion. Oh my uh, god, yeah. I I just said, Oh, right when you guys were calling I watched the last play. So, yeah, that's yeah, I was good. I was literally going to text you. We might need to delay this fifteen minutes. Oh and then man, they, I would have been they totally called. cool with that. <laughs> then they called the phone. Like, like, you said you're about to call. I was like, oh man, hold up the game. <laughs> Gents, if I if I may interject here as the person who <laughs> doesn't have to live with this shame, are you guys used to this by now? Though, like, isn't this something that you've had to live with your whole life? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm used to it. I'm a diehard Chiefs fan, so. I'm going to ride with him either way. Last year was fun, but I think this year is going to be rough. (laughs) I'm okay with it, but to end on a fumble, yes, to your point, Raph, we're pretty used to it. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. And you know what? Credit to you, LC, because uh, this is what makes better radio is to talk with you when you are highly emotional. So you and Kevin are going to (laughs) be pushed over for the rest of this interview. Uh, But no, seriously, uh, non-football stuff. Uh, you know, tell us where you're at, man. Like, how you feeling? Um, it was a great fight. A great credit to you and your team. Um, you know, how are you feeling today, two days afterwards? Uh, I feel good, man. Uh, it's good to be home, back with the family and friends. Uh, a little sore, you know. Just, like, had a hard workout, so nothing major. I don't have any injuries or anything. Just, like, just a little sore muscles. Like, I had a tough workout and just happy to be home in the winter, you know. Yeah, he didn't inflict much damage, so I assume you're pretty good. <laughs> well, I hope I inflict a lot of damage, but I didn't take much damage, so yeah, I'm pretty good. Yeah, there you go. I think Kevin uh, poorly stated that version of it. Uh, but yes, <laughs> no, he didn't seem like he looked like he was inflicting a lot of damage. Uh, oh, he was oh, definitely... Oh, no. He was definitely busy from the bottom, and this is uh, something I want to credit you and Travis with, Travis Conley, your jiu-jitsu guy, our friend on the podcast, which is uh, – I think you guys taught me a valuable lesson as a jiu-jitsu practitioner, which is when people are going for your uh, legs or your ankle, the most effective escape is to punch them in the face. So, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was really cool to see you transition so well. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about that? Were you ever in any danger when he was going kind of for your feet that entire time? Um, you know, yeah, like I got to give credit to Travis Conley. He helped me a lot in those situations. And actually the most effective technique is probably jiu-jitsu technique first, but if all else fails, then you can punch him in the face. <laughs> so I had to do that, <laughs> uh, you know, several occasions. But, um, you know, yeah, I, I'm getting better and better on the ground working with Travis. And it's just mad awareness. You know, the more you're in those situations and practice and stuff every day, you know, the more you can deal with them in this game time, you know. So it's good to have someone like that in your side, you know, dotting your eyes and crossing your T's, make sure you're ready for every aspect of the fight. I was telling Kevin off air, I was like, you know, the, the beautiful part of why it was so effective that you could kind of stick and move was your transition work. Uh, had that been something that you were working on or, you know, was it just kind of something that you were experiencing mid-fight that you go, oh, I see what this guy is doing? Oh, no, I mean, that's something that I always want to do is be able to um, transition a lot just from one aspect of MMA to another. You know, I want to be able to go from the stand-up to the wrestling to the wrestling to the jiu-jitsu and make it all flow, you know, Uh, like Bruce Lee, flow like water. It's <laughs> a good quote. Uh, so, just for, to recap for those that that did miss the fight, you pretty much dominated. He started to want to exchange with you in the beginning, and that became. It, it seemed like pretty quickly he didn't like the exchanges. You were getting the best of him. Um, so you you took him down pretty aggressively. He spent a lot of time. He spent basically the next fourteen minutes of the fight on his back, um, losing <laughs> blood slowly and surely. Just to give everyone, I have a question because I have a thing with blood, and maybe this only gets back to maybe maybe why mixed martial arts isn't like the sport for me specifically to play. When he's losing that much blood, because by the third round we're talking about not a little bit of blood, we're talking about a lot. Is there ever a point where you're like, "God, oh, that's disgusting. I wish he'd stop bleeding on me." For sure, dude. I, I mean, I I'm, I don't like no one's blood on me, not even my own blood, you know? So, uh, yeah, I I don't like it at all, but it is what it is. 
I don't really think about it in a fight, but, you know, okay. definitely afterwards watching it, and I'm like, dang, that dude bled on me. I definitely, first thing I'm looking for is a shower and then get cleaned up afterwards, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, you busted him up pretty good. Uh, I was curious, at the end of the second round, did you know, when are you keeping a tally in your head, and I assume you are, but you never know how the strategy changes. Did you know you were up two rounds to zero? Yeah, I thought so. That's, uh, you know, my corner was telling me that. So I felt like I was ahead, you know, my corner, Jason High and Travis, they told me that I was up two rounds to nothing going into his third. Um, looking back at the fight, I wish I could have opened up and got the finish, you know. They both told me, you know, I was, you know, up on the scorecards and he was fading. So, you know, go for the finish. And and I, I tried, you know, but I feel like I could have went, went a little more committed to a couple other things that, I had so that's only negative stuff I felt felt about it. I wish I would have got the finish and maybe went a little harder in the third. Interesting. I was actually impressed. I thought he uh, did a pretty good job staying alive because there were a few moments where it looked touch and go on whether or not he was going to get out of the the pound the hammer fist. Yeah, I, uh, he was tough, man. Yeah, I was. You know, I grinded on him for three fifteen minutes, like you said, and I hit him with some, you know some heavy shots and. I hit him with a lot of shots, and he's, he hung in there, man. He's tough. <laughs> that, was, that was my takeaway. Um, tell us about the last, and I, we're always curious, talk to us about the entering into the fight. How did it go? What was your fight week at Bellator experience like? We got to see a little bit more of it because Travis was sending some cool photos via Facebook. Um, but what are those last few days like? Oh, man, it was awesome. It was good to uh, get a fight you know, far from home, you know, I haven't really traveled real far since I was released from the WC and, you know, so, um, I haven't had to do a weight cut real far away from home at 135, you know, yet either. So that was new to me. So, um, it was, it was all good. You know, I, I, I embrace new things and, and getting better and, and just soaking it all in, you know, um, you know, you never know when you're, it's your last fight. So you just try to enjoy every moment of it. And, uh, you know, and go from there. But yeah, the week was good, and just a lot of sitting around waiting. Really, you know, just trying to eat right and stay focused, and waiting to do your job. You know, <laughs> I want to say that one of the things I appreciated that you put up was the schedule that you guys have. So <clears throat> you don't always get a glimpse into what the fighters are doing fight week, but I like that you put up what schedule you had. It is like, well. Here it is, Wednesday 10th, you got to shoot. Then you got a commentator interview, then another photo shoot, then B-roll, then a gym shoot. Yeah. So, like, I'm looking at all of this, and I'm spacing it out of my head, and I'm wondering, you know, like, mentally, where are you as all of this is going on? Are you just like, dude, just leave me alone. I just want to sit back and get ready for this fight. Well, and the worst part that people don't realize is that that's the last day to, like, get ready for weigh-ins. Like, you weigh in the next day, and, you know, uh, a lot of these, some people have to cut weight, like myself. And uh, so, you know, all day you're trying to you know, focus on that, but you got to focus on, you know, interviews and photo shoots and everything else. It's all tough balance and everything, but that's part of it. And I knew going into the fight that uh, I had dealt with that before, and, my opponent hasn't, you know, he had never fought outside of Brazil. And that, that was something else that gave me confidence, just knowing that I had been on the big stage before and he hadn't, you know. Yeah. When you are getting ready for that, do you have, like, a, a money quote that you're thinking about in the morning and you go, yeah, this is going to be the quotation I give these people today? <laughs> yeah, I, I try to always try to uh, just come up with – you know, just game plan. I, I, I guess you kind of come up with it with just doing interviews and stuff. They pretty much every, you know, reporter, most of them ask you a lot of the same questions when it comes to, you know, stuff about your opponent. Like, what do you think of your opponent? Uh, you know, what's your opponent's strengths? What's his weaknesses? You know, so it's all kind of schemed out, same answers. So you kind of get used to it. And I think the one thing that really threw me is on your, your page, you had put up the fact that the guy was being really, really respectful until uh, the weigh-in. So your opponent was all pleasantries. Uh, what was he psychologically trying to do for people who didn't see the weigh-ins? Um, okay, first, let me explain myself. I, 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 this is what I feel about weigh-ins. Like, I hate guys that uh, 
they like get all up in your face and and act like they want to fight you and everything, and then they shake your hand and they want to be real cool. Um, I, I hate guys like they'll get to get in the ring and they get right in your face and the referee talks to you and then they want to touch gloves like look at you, hey, you want to touch gloves? So like, and just be one way or the other. Like, and I'm I'm cool either way. Like, I can be respectful or I can be uh, a you know a, a mean guy, whatever you whatever you want to call it. You know, a tough guy. You know, so um, yeah. But anyway, throughout the week we arrived at the same time, and it, right when we got there, you know, we checked in at the same time. So he, obviously he's eyeballing me, I'm eyeballing him, and I just played the mean guy role because that's you, you know, it's fight week. I'm not trying to have no new friends. So, and, but he just looked at me and he he nodded at me and was trying to be cordial. So I was cordial back. And I seen him a couple of other times, and he was always you know nodding, trying to shake my hand and be cool. So that's cool. So when I got to Williams, I thought it was going to just be a respectful fight, you know, strictly business. And then he, you know, got a little tough guy role all of a sudden. And so that's why I was just a little upset about that. Well, I mean, what? you were you were so upset you hashtag no new friends, which <laughs> I reserve only when I talk about Kevin. But I mean, that, that's intense. And I, I love the fact that, like, is this something that maybe because Kevin and I don't understand this world. We don't we don't have a bunch of people that we stand off with and, and are about to fight. So is this something that your managers can be like, so are we touching gloves? Okay. Touching gloves. Are we getting had, in each I other's had, faces? I, yeah. See, I, and he didn't have a translator, you know, speak English. And I oh, watching God. the fight. I wasn't looking over there at him. Like, you know, I'm in the zone. I, yeah. you know, sometimes I'll stare down my opponent if I really don't like him, but I was kind of just focusing on me. The camera's there. I'll try to say something to my son. And then when I did finally look over, he all he kept doing was like wanting to touch gloves. And I watched the video when I got home, and he looked like he was nervous and he wanted to touch gloves and be buddies with me and their things. So I was like, I had already had it in my mind, and I was like, man, I ain't gonna touch his gloves. But he looked so like adamant about touching gloves. I was like, okay, I'll touch his glove, you know. So, but, <laughs> Spouting something in Portuguese. Yeah. I like it. It's just like I said, you just, I hate when it's confusing. Like, if we're going to be, if we're going to hate each other and be mean badasses, let's do that. You know, if you're going to be a respectful fighter and be a mixed martial artist and we're just strictly business, you know, we can do that. It's just however you want to take it, just let me know. You know? <laughs> just put it in writing and we'll be good, everybody. Yeah. I like that rap also that the the agents have to pre-contract it out. I mean, that's kind of where we're headed. It's kind it's like of like a, a divorce settlement that you like go through and go, well, who's keeping the dog? Okay. <laughs> who's going to get to do the thing where they touch the nose too close? And it's, I mean, it's a little weird, but you know, it works. That would yeah. Be yeah. That's what I'm saying. Uh, like, once you get that close, that's a little too close for comfort for me. Like that's that's the thing. Like face offs are kinda of awkward, man. Like like a lot of guys just went for like, Oh man, this is cool, I'm gonna get a cool face off pick but I it, for me it's real emotional at that point. Like once it gets past the weigh ins, for me it's like this guy is trying to beat me up tomorrow and like I'm trying to beat him up. Like I, I like I, I don't know, like I'm not too friendly at that moment and yeah. and some guys just I don't know, it's a different form. But yours so. is the only industry in which they do that. It's not like in like nine to five jobs they go, "Hey, the two of you guys are up for the same promotion." All right, pose off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That would be so bad. I never thought of it like that. <laughs> like in in your world, it makes one hundred percent sense. And yeah, I can understand. I mean, it, I I get that there's a whole psychological aspect to it so hearing all of this insight from you is fascinating to us because like i said we're we won't ever experience this i won't ever know what this is like uh so it, i think it's, it is cool to say that but it, it did seem like after the fight uh what did you come away with uh in terms of a respect for his game i guess in the fight um respect for his game i thought his jiu-jitsu was better than i expected and um he was tough. He was very tough. Like he was durable. I mean, he took. I, 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 like I said, I grinded on him. I beat on him for 15 minutes, and he took every bit of it. You know, so he's a tough guy. Um, but I expect him to be a tough, a tough opponent. You know, I watched some of his videos. He looked like a good striker. He trains with a great camp with Nuno. Yeah, 
um, you know, most all Brazilians can do something on the ground. I know he had a good guillotine. The leg locks that yeah. he was, you know, attempting over and over threw me for a loop. You know, I wasn't really prepared for that. But, um, you know, like I said, working with Travis, he kind of has me ready for anything. So, you know, I just kind of adapted with the game plan and you know, did my thing. Absolutely. And were you wanting to strike? Because from the beginning of the fight, it really looked like you were. You were like, we're going to throw some hands. Um, or was ground and pound the strategy? Because obviously ground and pound is where you spent 13 or 15 Man. minutes. Yeah, I, I, I love boxing. You know, uh, I love training boxing. That's probably my favorite, most fun, fun thing for me to train. And uh, I'm always looking to showcase my hands and my improvements in my hands and, and you know, and entertain the fans. A lot of fans want to see stand up. But, um, you know, at my this point in my career, it's also – it's also important, no matter what point you occurred, to get the win. You know, no matter what, you just gotta get the win. And this, I was fighting a a guy that's relatively unknown, super tough, super durable. He had knockout power. He was on a six fight win streak and knocking guys out. And uh, you know, he has a win over the World Series champ Marlon Morales, but no one knows this guy on paper. I'm supposed to be the guy that's winning this fight, and uh, you know, I, I had to. Uh, you know, get the W, so. Absolutely. Well, it felt like a statement fight. Did you get any sense? And we don't – I'm always curious how this works. Did Bellator chat you up afterwards, obviously, because pretty dominant performance. That tends to mean more fights in the future. What's the conversation with Bellator like? Oh, uh, man, it's good, man. They, You know, they were happy with my performance. Um, you know, a couple of them told me, you know, I'm definitely, uh, you know, top three – five band weights, you know, and I'm probably going to be getting a big fight in my next fight. So I'm hoping I can get on the November 15th card. Uh, I think it's the last card of the season in San Diego. I was actually supposed to be fighting Marcus Galvo on this card. So I had a, originally had a doubt agreement to fight him. But, uh, you know, whatever happened, I don't know. I ended up getting a new doubt agreement to fight Jelton Rodriguez. But um, that's still a fight that makes sense, so like I said, I would love to get that fight too. Absolutely. Very cool. I have to ask this though. Uh, so <clears throat> I was a little disappointed in one thing and it has nothing really to do with you, but it did affect you. Um, nobody talked to you after the fight. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of upset me. I was like, man, I want to give, I want to give a little shout out or something. Cause you know, interview time. <laughs> Cause the hard part for me is, when our friends especially don't get interviewed, they just yell incoherent nonsense at the TV. And that's what it sounds like to us because you still usually have a mouthpiece in. And I'm pretty sure I made that you were shouting out your team. But this is kind of how it sounds. And, like, the commentators are like, coming up next, who gives a shit about what he's saying? So, <laughs> I guess the thing I want to say to you right now is uh, would you like to do your, your post-fight announcement with us? Yeah, yeah, man. That would be great. Okay. We could easily do this. Do you yeah, want to ask the questions, Raph? I'm going to go ahead and pretend to be fake Joe Rogan. Because, yeah, you're fake Joe Rogan. Uh, you're Diet Rogan. Yes, Rogan Light, if you would. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and set you up with the questions. Uh, just make sure that you are in the same mind space of when you are after a fight. So a little out of breath. <laughs> That's your character, okay? Go run up a hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, go do, like, 50, jog 45, 50 pull-ups. Yeah. Because if anything <laughs> on this podcast, we are known for our accuracy and historical recreation. So let's yeah. start here, okay? <laughs> Guys, I am here with the winner of this bout, Elsie Davis. Elsie, how are you feeling right now? Did you think you were going to come away with that win? Man, uh, I'm feeling good. I'm happy to get the win. And, of course, I thought I was going to come away with the win. That's insane. I am a bad interviewer. I don't know why I would ask you that question. <laughs> Therefore, I'm going to ask you another innocuous question, which has nothing to do with anything, which is tell me a little bit about your jiu-jitsu coach, Travis Connolly. Man, Travis Connolly is awesome. Uh, he just went on a Europe trip for like 40 days. He went like all over the place. I can't even name all the countries he went to. Um, he came back two days later, had to fly to Detroit with me. And uh, he was there with me every step of the way. He's always there with me. I appreciate him. He's a super cool dude, one of the best BJJ guys on the planet. So major shout-out to Travis Conley. 
Very nice. Now walk me through the parts when you look up at the sky. There is there's tape rolling, so just imagine it, okay? Trust us. Uh, walk me through those parts when you were punching this man in the face. What do you think was going through his head as you were punching him each time? Like, dang, man, this dude is definitely not going to let me go back to Brazil a winner. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, uh, I want to say this. You made a statement. You were talking legacy, and and how do you feel your legacy is? And what's next for you in Bellator? Man, I, I hope it's a big name opponent. Man, my 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 legacy is hopefully going to be ending with me wearing that Bellator strap. And uh, you know, the only way that I'm going to get there is I get the right opponents. You know, I've never been one to call out opponents, but um, I was supposed to be fighting Marcus Galvo um, tonight, actually. And, uh, you know, for whatever reason, he, uh, I signed a bout agreement and he didn't. So a week later, I got a new bout agreement with a very tough Zilton Rodriguez. Props off to him. But uh, I would definitely like to get uh, somebody named with a name in our ranking or something in here next time. That sounds great. Can I make one advice? And I know this is unusual for a commentator to say in the middle of an interview. <laughs> uh, I think your biggest problem was that you didn't bring a man in a mask into the cage with you. <laughs> upon call out so i think that's where you erred dang man dang well that's great advice i'm gonna have to definitely uh look into getting me a mask and see who i can get to dress up and come in there with me well do me a favor not just one mask it has to be two because yeah, why not? one would just be silly right anyway <laughs> right right definitely two maybe wanna... three who knows maybe three hey, don't get... hey. It's crazy. ladies and gentlemen let's go ahead and give a nice round of applause telsey davis Elsie, I, I was also impressed by your ability to say tonight. Did you hear that, Raph? He took oh, himself yeah, back to the you moment. Like, yeah, you like that. <laughs> it's like he was standing there, throws his shirt off. All of a sudden, he's sweating. There's a guy bleeding thanks to him. Hey, you, you guys got me in the moment, man. You told me to run up the hill. I was taking deep breaths and stuff while you guys were talking. <laughs> You feel his adrenaline spike. I, That's know, also I, the sugar from the cookies. Was, it has uh, a different effect. You I was totally. with, uh, Robert De Niro over here. Uh, who is able to just method act his way into it. I just hope the people yeah. around you don't think that you're showing some like weird problems around them. They're like, dude, he, he thinks he's still in the fight. Let's check. <laughs> so let's hope that I, everybody I actually had to go out. outside for the last part. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was also going to say, they don't know that we're asking these really leading questions. So they could also be like, what a bragger. We get it. LC, you beat someone up on national television. Everyone watched. <laughs> I was thinking, uh, damn, this guy punched me in the face. The email I sent to him, Raph. still talking about his fight? God. <laughs> <laughs> the email I sent to him, Raph, said, um, by the way, LC, remind me to never go after a footlock without a helmet on if I roll with you all in Kansas City. And we know uh, you're coming off of fight week, so we got to get you out of here, but we wanted to ask, how is the uh, gym going? You had been working with the top team and, and getting stuff set up there in Kansas City. How's everything going a few a few months later? Uh, things are going good, man. We're, you know, still plugging away, trying to get numbers up. Um, you know, we're competing in jiu-jitsu tournaments. Actually, the Rev Gear tournament's coming September 27th. We should have a couple guys competing on that day i'm actually getting married that day um or I'd, I'd be competing for sure um but yeah i'm looking forward to that travis conley is actually doing a super fight that day and then headed straight down to my wedding afterwards since we're doing an evening <laughs> wedding and uh so yeah man um Hold we're on, doing wait, good at the gym we got wait. fighters fighting and... did you just say so you're having a wedding later on that day my yeah my wedding is 6 30 that night or that evening okay and Travis is going to go compete before your wedding. Yep. <laughs> He's a beast, dude. He's weird. always competing, traveling, doing something. Wow. So I hope you weren't <laughs> like, hey, dude, you know, I just need a quick favor. Can you um, can you bring uh, some of the decorations over? Oh, no, nah, <laughs> man. I'm, you know, crazy story. Uh, I'm in the finals of a big yeah, super fight yeah. going on. I, I think I think all he, all he has is one match. He's just doing like a super fight. I don't think he's actually doing like the whole tournament. So he should be able oh. to make it in no time. No, oh, no problem. So. Yeah. It's not even a big <laughs> deal. It doesn't even need preparation. It's right? easy. That's great. <laughs> well, LC, we were stoked to watch you uh, beat up on Zilton Rodriguez for three rounds. Winner, Bellator 124. Big things coming 
send that American top team out there in Kansas City. Ladies and gentlemen, one of our favorites, L.C. Davis. Right on, guys. Hey, thanks for having me. appreciate all, all the support and uh, look forward to doing another interview with you guys. Absolutely. If anything, so I can have uh, Raph be fake Joe Rogan and interview you post-fights again. That's one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. we've got going on. At least that makes me, make me feel a little better about it. well that's all we're here for so don't worry about that if if we can make a difference in one person's life the podcast is all the worth it Great observation, Rafa Sparza. That they, they didn't let Elsie Davis give his post victory speech. I noticed something, but it wasn't until you said it that all of a sudden it was like, "Oh, that's fucking. That is what he was missing. It was the ability to talk shit after. What the hell? That was dynamite." I just, you know, I look out for our friends, Kev. First and foremost, whenever I'm, I'm watching them on TV, and I'm slightly terrified for them the entire time, and then. I remind myself they're fighters and this is what they do and they win and then everything goes back to normal and then I get pissed because they don't get to talk. I know. Bullshit. And you and I love it when Diet Rogan gets a chance to go in and interview someone. Plus, Elsie Davis is good in those formats as he proved on the podcast. You're lost, Bellator. Exactly. Totally cool. Go ahead and give Stefan Bonner 10 more minutes (laughs) to talk instead of at all giving someone with a comprehensive vocabulary the ability to say something. <laughs> oh, oh, Elsie's charming. Good for the sport. Probably going to give you a 90-second soundbite. Well, let's cut that. Oh, ASAP no, here's Tito Ortiz trying to stem together sentences from his third-grade reading comprehension book he read this week. <sighs> Rant over. Well, postponed. We'll be back. Yeah, Don't yeah, worry. Yeah. For now. Yes. For this episode. <laughs> For now. And it has been a fantastic podcast. We've talked a lot. We've got some good MMA personal training stories. We've talked to L.C. Davis. You can find more of the action at Verbal Tapcast on Twitter, at Verbal Tapcast on Instagram, at Verbal Tapcast Facebook. Any of the above, you can get in touch with us at Verbal Tapcast. Let us know what you're thinking, what you want to hear, how you feel, or if you're just being chippy, we like that too. Leave us a little rating on iTunes, by the way. Also, if that's where you download the podcast, a little little rating. I mean, whatever you want to list. It's obviously up to you. I mean, you know, know, we're just throwing ideas out there. Let us know what's going on. (laughs) It's going to do it for us, so we are ready to do some shout-outs. I'll start BJJFinder.com, the world's premier jiu-jitsu site locator. Plug in your zip code, populate your gym, go and train all of your travel bitchiness out. You just shake it off like Taylor Swift would advise. And I think she no. does jiu-jitsu, and no. I'm pretty sure she uses BJJ no. Finder. What? No. What? No. Okay, well, just hypothetically, all of those things could be true. BJJ and MMA Academy out there in Chantilly VA. I've been traveling. Can't wait to get back to training with those monsters. In the meantime, I owe a thank you out to the Brazilian Fight Factory in Austin, Tejas. Affiliation to Checkmat. Thanks to Rodrigo. Thank you to um, Chris for the great roles. And, of course, thanks to Gordo for throwing some recommendation out about his gym. Raph, that is all of the shout-outs that I have. Some great shout outs and uh, thank you guys uh, for hosting Kevin. That's really awesome. It, I was really excited to hear that Kevin was going out and training at a new place. I get excited when you go to new places. I, it's fun. Like, yeah. I build style. Yeah. I feel I get, I get nervous when, you know, that anxiousness. It's like, oh, Rev's going to Shanji's seminar tonight. Can't wait. Or Lovato's, you know, all those things. Is Raph going to be okay? Raph, are you okay? No, Kevin. They hurt me. Ears. Yeah, they hurt coming me. At you, with the needle, you know, right? I will say this. Okay, I got popped in the, the eye. It's been a glorious week for me all over the place. But uh, I got popped in the eye by somebody's knee. And uh, I will say this about my gym, which is Valley Martial Arts Center. 
Every person who saw me walked up to me and said, who did this to you? And I'm like, guys, it's not, we're not the mafia. It's fine. They're like, no, who did this to you? And I'm like, I'm fine. It's fine. It was an accident. (laughs) I don't think anybody intentionally need me in the eye. And if they did, dick move. But I don't think they did that. And I'll say this about other gyms, Kevin. I went to uh, go visit our good friends, Higher Ground, over in uh, Hacienda Heights, Roland Heights area last Wednesday. Or as a stoner calls it, just the ground. Mm-hmm. And those people who have become good friends of mine as well, they looked at me, saw my eye and said, who did this to you? Every person I've run into at a different gym, even at the Grapplethon, said, who did this to you? I love that there's this accountability in jiu-jitsu of making sure that things are always on the up and up. So to everybody, I want to say thank you guys. Uh, I'm fine. It's just a funny uh, scar. And I will say this. So the fiance, when she freaks out about like bruises or, or cuts, especially in the face region, because she's like, I don't care, whatever. She but if it happens in the is. face, that's, that's my yeah. one rule. So I walk home and I, I see her and I go, babe, I'm going to tell you right up top. Look at my eye. I'm okay. And at first she's about to freak out. And then she just goes, oh, okay. The next day she goes, oh, yeah, now it just looks like you're wearing eyeshadow. <laughs> So this whole week, she has been making tons of jokes, being like, well, don't you want to do the other eye now, too? I've got some, you know, some eyeshadow we can try out if you want to do that. Ooh, like, a little matches? God Maybe bring out some green undertones and this those is, Latino eyes. I really realized, as I was saying it, you were the wrong person to talk to about this. <laughs> it wasn't quite apparent for whatever reason as it was going out of my mouth, but then it really hit. So, yes, that's exactly it. <laughs> you did it. Well, so I want to go ahead and shout out everybody at the gym. And uh, you know what? This week, let's go ahead and shout out uh, my good training partner, Marlon. Marlon's uh, been a blast and a half and uh, just a really, really cool training partner and is always telling really, really funny jokes. Like he has one of the best senses of humor outside of jujitsu uh, in terms of like cracking up and then telling you a terrible joke right afterward. That's like so offensive. It's amazing. So kudos to him, Marlon. Hey, have you guys been watching Around the Mat? Around the Mat? Of course they have, right? That's right. You better, you fucks. We've been editing it and making it good. Uh, we want to say thank you to everybody who's watched it. We hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, we have some exclusive footage from Metamorphs 4 that we're so excited that you guys are finally getting to see. And we want to thank our friends for helping us find that footage over at Systems Training Center. So, of course, Marcus Koval, uh, Vince, our good friend Doug, uh, all of you guys, thank you so much for helping us get that footage. And also to our good friends at BJJ Training Journal, Amici. You're amazing, dude. So glad you were able to help us uh, get all of that together. So thank you, guys. I really enjoy it. We love the feedback. We've gotten some really nice notes from you guys who I, I think are enjoying it. Also, uh, thanks to John Evans at BJJ Training. Nope. BJJ Breakdown. That's the one. Boo. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. BJJ Training BJJ Breakdown? Something. No, there's a <laughs> breakdown and there's a BJJ, but I there it is. And... <laughs> John's doing some uh, good stuff. He did the uh, narration for one of our our videos on the Around the Mat series. Don't worry, though. I don't think that's the last time you're seeing him on there. Just a heads up to those people who are excited about that sort of thing. I want to thank everybody. no one. Grapplethon, which was amazing. Uh, My man, Dave Gesselman, uh, such a really cool experience to roll with him. Uh, He's actually making a really cool-looking rash guard for VMAC that I think you're really going to enjoy, Kevin. It's Ooh. it's it's really cool looking. So I want to say thank you to him and uh, all of the good people over at Optimus Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Grant Collins, and all of his good people. Uh, it was a blast to roll with you guys. Thank you. I learned really a lot. I wish I could have asked a thousand more questions, but you guys were very helpful with uh, my training and, and such a fun time. And I also want to shout out uh, one of my buddies, Andrew, showed me this really cool new drink. He actually looked at me and he goes, hey, 
are you talking energy drinks or something? And I was like, yeah, energy drinks are crazy. I don't drink a lot of them because they're all sugary and whatever. And he goes, no, this one's actually like without the added preservatives. Like it's really good. And I was like, oh, okay. And he goes, well, this is mine, but you can have it. So he gave me his own energy drink, <laughs> which is really, really nice. And you know when most people do that, you drink it like out of courtesy to be like, okay, I'm going to drink it. Oh, it's actually good. So <laughs> my note to all of you guys, if you want to check out Verve, it is an energy drink by – Vima? My apologies if I'm saying it wrong, but I believe it's Vima. So check it out. Verb. Vima. It's actually really good. Tastes delicious after training. Tastes delicious. Tastes <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know what? Uh, I think that's uh, going to do it for me. I just want to say thank you again to my good friends at Higher Ground. I did get to train with you guys. You guys are always so welcoming to me. I hope I'm not overstaying my welcome whenever I drop in. But uh, Kev, I got to say, they have the best warm-up in the business. You know what their warm-up is? Five minutes of stuff about current events in their day. I wish. Soccer. Oh. It ole, is. Ole, ole, ole. And you know when their black belt looks at you and goes, Raph's on my team, that you better mm. perform. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't do too bad. But I will say this, Kevin. They, they are some great people to train with there. And uh, every time I go... I I have a blast and they're they're good people so I, I'm glad they exist I'm glad they have me whenever I go in that area and uh, I look forward to training out there again soon. That's gonna do it for us tonight here. Verbal tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight.